Bigweed here. Today we review a logger and discuss the traditional stages of courtship and marriage. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed in Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. So, uh, what's on your mind? What's on my mind? I've had this. I've had this thing running through my head. This. I, I'm trying to see if you can remember this. Right. It, go, it goes something like: first comes marriage, then comes baby, then comes love. You can call me maybe. That doesn't sound familiar. Okay. okay. No. So, so how about how about this one? First comes sex, then comes dating, then we get a house and a cute Dalmatian. Is that is that mm. it? No, 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 not, not, not ringing a bell it's, there. It's like, it's it's trying to work its way out. I, okay, first comes porn, then comes addiction, <laughs> then comes dysfunction and a strong prescription. Is that, is that the one? I, uh, thinking back, that, that doesn't come to mind, but I got something. Uh, how about, it's Frank and Mary sitting in the tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage. Then comes a baby in the baby carriage. Well, nobody does that. No, they don't. They sure do not. No. What are you talking about? I don't know. Drink a beer. That's like something from Calvin and Hobbes. I mean, what are you <laughs> This is something from Dick and Jane. I know. Yeah. 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 Watch. Outdated. I know. Spot and uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. Let's, let's absolutely drink a beer. So we have uh, Interstate Checker Spot. What's the actual name of this? Right, so it, the checker spot is located underneath of 395 in Baltimore, <laughs> yes. right next to the Raven I, Stadium. I, I went there with the family one time before watching a, a, a football game up at the, up at the stadium Yeah, there. so I guess it's uh, 395 Rye. 395 Rye. So this is a Rye Lager. I see, which is you don't see that every day. No. And the funny thing is, there's no reason why a Rye Lager would necessarily be this color. It's a lovely copper color. Yeah. So they obviously added some uh, crystal malt or something to get a little of that color going. What do you think? What do you say? We've got um, barley, rye, ah. and some corn. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Rye tends to give just a slightly spicy kind of a flavor to uh -huh. a beer. And, and there's a little, little, there's a slightly dry finish. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Which I think was, I associate with rye also, kind of like and I, and on the on the back end, after I swallow, I'm getting a little bit of the corn flavor. I'm, I get a little bit of the rye up front and a little bit of the corn afterwards. Yeah. It, Rarely hear about not, a rye lager. That's, no. That's all right. It's not uh, not terribly hoppy, but very, very drinkable. Yeah, so it's, you wouldn't expect it to be. So it's very yeah, nice. Very nice. I'm not getting a whole lot of the, the caramelly... Uh, crystal stuff that i'd expect from the color but still very very, very nice i like it good job there checker spot mm -hmm. downtown b more mm -hmm. so um what happened was i'm listening to local country station right and you've got the main famous dj and her sidekick francesca okay and francesca does nashville news and what's going on on the facebook page and the facebook poll that they put out yesterday right, and the results yeah. of it she's she's that gal but she started to get a little personal uh-oh she says well she's going in yeah 
been dating this guy for she's only been in the she moved here for the job mm -hmm. shortly after five years ago met her boyfriend they've been dating for five years so as you know what's going to happen they're taking the plunge the plunge to get married no dummy they're buying a house uh, and they're not married <laughs> and they're not married no and so i'm sitting there going what what yeah. Five years? Five years. You're, you're, you're after college, so she's in her early... She had to be in her early 20s when she got here. So she's now late 20s. Mm -hmm. Now she feels so secure in this relationship mm -hmm. that she's ready to get a 30-year mortgage. But here, like, it's better. So the DJ, the, the guy, she goes, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I hope this isn't too personal. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, thank you yes, yeah, for please, asking the question we all want to know. She yeah. goes, um... Do you have like a joint bank account? Uh, or, that's I mean, the question. How will you? Yeah. How will you? Are you, are you guys going to just like pay half and half? I'm, I'm sorry if this is getting too personal. Yeah. I'm like, that's the that's question. The question. Yeah. And then that was it. Just went on. Yeah. And but so, no mention of marriage. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would be personal, but I mean, <laughs> is it really? You mean? Yeah. So what is the objection? Uh, so this is the funny thing. Marriage is, of course, a, a legal obligation, a binding legal obligation to people take on one another. But so is buying a house. <laughs> yeah. So why would you adopt the one? Why would you be willing to say, I'm going to go into $600,000 worth of debt with this person, <laughs> yeah, but right. I'm not willing to marry What does that person? say about your relationship? I mean, this, I don't know. How, so, uh, the thing, so I started thinking about this. I have a number of these in my life, but, of course, nobody my age. Yeah. Talking to a friend, he says, "Yeah, he says, yeah, my my son, they're getting a place together." And he he says, "This is how it goes. You first you start dating. He didn't say this, but first you have sex. Yeah. Then you decide whether or not you want to see the person again. Right. Perhaps you start dating. Then you move in together. Then you get a dog. <laughs> okay. Then you realize you're in an apartment with a dog. The dog needs some more room. Then you buy a house. Right." And then like, down the road, I guess you th I mean, like, maybe you go have maybe you have a baby or two. I yeah. guess. And then you get married. And then maybe. and then you get married. Maybe you get married. So there was that with my my own niece went is although I just went to her wedding. Mm -hmm. So they did, but but they did buy the house first. Wow. And then then the bad situation a guy I work with his daughter did that, and he's over there regularly fixing up the house because. The boyfriend isn't very handy. He's, you know, putting tile in and fixing the railing. And and then they break up. And then it's just as bad as any kind of divorce because who put what into what? Who gets right. what kind of furniture? I did this. I bought the refrigerator, right? So yeah. it, so now you have this nasty breakup with no marriage. Yeah. What's going on here? Well, <clears throat> why don't people want to get married? What's... What is their objection to getting married? How could this be number five on the list? I just went to uh, first uh, my K I S S I N G. Right. Yeah, I mean, it seems it seems like if you want if you want to build a life together, there ought to be some kind of commitment before you do things like move in together, have a dog, buy a house, have a baby. All that you know. Wouldn't it be nice if there was the commitment first? And then those things just sort of solidified or were the manifestations of that commitment. Right. Rather than 
Like the your, the, the the last thing on your list. Yeah. Yeah. So, gosh, it, it's very odd. It, what if somebody you have a neighbor walking along and they have a dog and and you're you're like, hey, that's a nice dog, and and they say, you know, I, I really can't take care of this dog seven days a week. How about if you take care of it three days a week and I take care of it four days a week and we just kind of would you do that? Would you enter into that sort of a you know common relationship with just some stranger or or even a neighbor you know it, it, i don't know it just seems just seems weird that people are putting the the trivial stuff a house in front of getting married right well oh i mean i i'm not sure if i see it quite that that way i'm saying that the, the house is the least trivial thing that there's the the weight the thought that goes in to buying a house mm-hmm. after this Francesca has been five years mm-hmm. and you are so secure in this relationship that you say, you know what, honey? I think we should do it. I do too. Let's buy a house. But how does that even, what, what is going on? I don't, uh, there's obviously some sort of, there's obviously some sort of negative reaction towards marriage itself that people are. We, I don't need a certificate. I don't need a piece. Of, I don't need a piece of paper. Well, you need a piece of paper to buy a house, don't yeah, you? Yeah. You know. So what? What is? The, I don't understand what the what the concern is about marriage. Why are people afraid of marriage? Here, let's 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 put our finger on the pulse of popular culture of the of how young people think. Gosh, that's scary. We only have one beer here. I mean, y- come on. Yes. How about Georgia Satellite? Ah, yes. Right? The, yeah. you know, they told me that story about free milk and a cow. <laughs> and she <laughs> right. says, right? That is a, such a Keeping great story. Keep your song. hands. Yeah. Put your hands. What is it? Hand, it's, it's a, uh, don't tell me no lies and keep your hands to yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right. So, there, so built into that is this. No hugging, Marriage no first. kissing no hug- until you right. make me your wife. Until you That's make me your wife. Right, yeah. How about uh, Little Big Town? Little White Church. I'm not bringing a member in that one as yes, well. Yes, yeah. you would know. The same, same, same message. Okay. It's, yeah. All right. You, 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 you want this thing to go any further? Yeah. Well, take me down to the Little White Church. Oh, yeah, that one. Right. Yes. Exactly. And then you have Beyonce. Right. If you liked it, you should have put a ring you on it. You should have put a ring on it. Yeah. So, it's... What, uh, it's, it's a recognition that that is the right way to do things, even though you're not doing it. it well, isn't there something about hypocrisy and vice and <laughs> virtue or something? How does that go? Yeah, that, uh, uh, hypocrisy is the tribute that vice pays to virtue. Yes. yes. So, so what I'm saying is that even though our actions dictate mm-hmm. that, the per, the normal progression of uh, of dating, marriage, sex, house, baby. Yeah. Everybody's kind of still on board with that. <laughs> like, wouldn't you, as a parent, wouldn't you say that that's the progression you would want your kids to go through? Well, let's let's think of it. Let's think of it from this. Well, perspective. what parent would say? That's so old fashioned. Why don't you just flip it around and do it backwards? Yeah. Let's think of it this way. You're. Let's think of it in terms of your daughter. Your daughter, the one of the one of the big things that can happen to your daughter is that she can get pregnant, right? Yeah. And getting pregnant changes her life 
substantially, right? She now has this kid that she has to take care of for a long period of time. And before she gets pregnant, you want somebody to kind of help her with that problem. You, not a problem, with that blessing. You want, some, <laughs> yeah, you want, you. You want someone to help your daughter uh, get along in the world, take care of that child, make sure the child has a stable place to grow up, right? So, you know, fathers have traditionally protected their daughters against young men because they want to make sure that guy's going to be around. They want to make sure he's going to right. be yes, committed. Yes, you're, you're right. The, uh, right. The chaperone dating, and yes. right, the brother that goes out and makes sure no, no, no funny business. Right. And if there is funny business, dad has a shotgun. Yeah, right? That's, that's right. It. Yeah. The, the idea is I don't want my daughter stuck with a baby without some guy to help her. You know, if, if she's got a husband and she has a baby, that's a wonderful right. thing. If she has a baby without the husband, that's a drag on so, her. So, that's a drag on me. Yes, the 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 little ditty, first comes love, then comes marriage. That was all pre pill. Yes. And yes. in that discussion, the the in the Jordan Peterson discussion, he said if he could pick three things from the well, I forget the third one, three things from the twentieth century, he yeah. would say uh, nuclear, <laughs> the development of nuclear weapons. Yes. Something in the pill. Right. There were three things that defined how different the 20th century is from any other time in history. Yes. I don't know if you remember remember what the third one it'll, is. It'll come to but me. The but the point yeah. the point being that it reoriented how we think about relationships. Yes. That it once totally you have, changed. It totally the, changed a woman's attitude towards sex. And men, like yes. men, and men are, men can do and can feel like she got pregnant. Well, that's on her because all the technology is out there for her to not have gotten pregnant. Yeah. She did. I'm out of here. Right. Exactly. Before the pill, the the man realized that, yeah. that, okay, I'm putting you in a dangerous situation. Yes. And she was like, I can't afford this sexual activity without a ring on it because the consequences are so great. Yes. Because the consequence for a woman getting pregnant is is very great. It t- it takes a huge chunk out of your life and your resources and yes, and the and the and the the risk is much greater. We've tried to put you know with alimony and all of that. Tried to let men know that they've got their share of responsibility here mm-hmm. too. But in a sense, because of the pill, they're like, uh, well. You could have done something about that. So I think, well, you're gonna, are you going to, are we blaming the pill on the way that this has been, has has turned the, this progression? It still doesn't, it still doesn't explain buying a house without being married. Well, so the pill obviously so is. So that's the first half of the equation. It, it, it definitely changes the equation dramatically because now men, so it used to be men had the expectation that if they were going to have sex with a woman, then there was a possibility of having a child, and that was that was a real serious problem. Yes, or, or, and that you know, with condoms, it was his responsibility. Yeah. So when, once the pill comes along, the man has the attitude of, "Hey, you are able to have sex without any risk now." So and what's I the just problem? Assumed it, what's it, holding you back? Since you didn't, since since you didn't ask me to, you know. How are we going to prevent having a baby? I just assumed you had take you had this whole thing taken care right, of, right? Because that's because that's on you. Because I can't get pregnant, but you can. So you should have thought about that. So <laughs> how, about that idea, how about the idea of the male pill, right? And 
the guy saying to the gal, don't worry about it. I, I got this covered. I, I, again, the weight is so much stronger on her side yes. that I don't, I'm not trusting that. I'm not, well, the woman shouldn't trust no, him. No, the woman shouldn't yeah. trust him. No. Right, the guy is going, well, obviously the burden lies with you. And if you say you got this covered, I'm going to trust you on this. If I say, if the guy's saying, ah, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. And you don't even know where I live. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, there is that. We there is met. that. There is that big problem. So the pill does. The problem is that that we have a hundred thousand years of evolution that has guided our emotions and our feelings and our attitudes towards sex, both both personal and cultural. Urges. And then yes, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, this technology comes along that throws a monkey wrench in the whole thing. So that the guy, the the woman used to be able to say, look. You know, I like you, but this is a big risk for me, and I, I really can't afford to have sex with you until we're married. That was, a, that was a perfectly rational, reasonable thing for the woman to say, until the pill comes along. Right. And now she's, he's, she's in a situation where the guy can say, look, all you got to do is take the pill. And then all right, so, so moving on. Now, what about the method of how social media has changed dating itself also yeah exactly so now plus plus two years of lockdown <laughs> right yeah so now instead of actually going out and meeting a woman in real life and talking to her and risking her you know turning you down yeah you just look on your stupid phone in the privacy of your bedroom right. and like swipe one way or the other yeah like, right what, what so, kind right, of a man so, are that, you and that peterson they they're I thought that this was something that, you know, people after college did. No. Like, 60% of, of, of people on campus. It's like, uh, I, look outside your dorm window. There they are. They're, they're, they're right there in front of you. And you're, and, and, you're, and you're building profiles and trying to meet girls on your own campus from your dorm room? I, I have weirdo? Heard, I've heard. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard... That if a guy goes up and actually tries to approach a woman yes. in real life... Can I buy you a drink in a bar? Or, or maybe she's just like sitting at the Roy Rogers having a sandwich and he comes up and wants to talk to her, right? It's like, ooh, that's gross. Right. That's you know, creepy. That's creepy. But but stalking them on their Tinder profile right. and swiping, that's not creepy. Isn't that... Like the world is turned upside down. Yeah. Trying to have... Uh, actually, you know, in a, in a funny way... In a funny way, it's almost like a really traditional situation where a man would never come up and speak to a woman unless somebody else introduced them. Yeah, right. And now the person that introduces you is, is the Tinder. guy. Is the guy that runs the app. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of like that. Yes. In it, but in a gross way. Yes. So you 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 have to have the intermediary. some intermediary. Great. But the intermediary now is technology and whatever however well you could lie on your on your tinder profile and that's it's it's sick now the idea of the idea of having some sort of barrier that a guy has to get past in order to um meet a young lady i'm all in favor of that 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 seems reasonable to me for for him to have to to uh make her brother or her father think that he's worth being able to talk to her I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. All right, but we're way past. That. I know all we're right, so, so far. Past all right. So that was done. So hold on. So we <laughs> so we had 
Right. So then you get a dog together, mm-hmm. right? Which is just substitute for a baby. For a baby. So we mm-hmm. went to trivia night, right? And it was old folks like us or thirty somethings bring bring their dogs. So it was a dog friendly <laughs> bar. Yeah. Right. And so I'm looking and going, yeah. Childless couples with dogs, with dogs, yeah. and dog, but it's not just with with dogs because they like dogs. The child substitute. Yes, children. Our dogs are a substitute for children for a lot of couples. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's like oh look, we'll share the responsibility, and then yeah. that will give us a sense of being together. And then we'll take him and we'll buy him outfits and uh, get our picture taken for Christmas cards, yeah. and and then we don't have to be burdened with all you know diapers and stuff. All right, so I want I want to go back food. I want to go back to another thing that came up in that conversation we both listened to, and that is this this concept of luxury beliefs. Yeah, and that is that you know it used to be that the rich could distinguish themselves by dress and by jewelry and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm yeah, I'm yes. rich because I dress this way and I have a ring on my yes, finger. Right there was always the the the. The, the wealthy have always separated themselves, uh, right? So there was a, there was a time when there was a, the, the, simp, the term a gentleman yeah. meant that you were... Dressed a certain of, way. Yeah, dressed, uh, right. And then you were of a different class and you were treated differently. Yeah. Where now, even a, a relatively poor person, it's not really that hard to buy a tuxedo or to buy, you know, nice clothes. So, yeah. because we have such... Uh, yes. We have such material easy access yeah. and such easy access to material stuff. We can get. We have. We all have too yeah. much. Uh, this stuff. is this is a great idea. Yeah. And so and, and the, the the guy what's his name Rob Henderson does that sound right? Mm, I'm not sure. Something like that. Yeah. So he is. He from, has a poor background. Yeah. Went to the military, then went to Yale, and now is in Cambridge. Yeah. But he's still a student. Yeah. And he and and I think he this idea he's a social sociology student or something uh, that this idea of luxury items I just, I just I just want to spend a minute to give the guy some credit right uh, that Jordan Peterson was impressed by came to him as an undergrad far as I can tell yeah but he had the benefit of not growing not being growing up in the class of most of the kids that were at was it Yale or Harvard I think it was Harvard yeah it is Rob Henderson yeah that right okay yeah. So yes, so he so right so go go ahead. So his premise is that 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 the 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 upper class have always distinguished themselves in one way or another. Before it was material goods and your fancy clothes, that has become a combination of passe and also not separating you. Yeah, we've got billionaires who walk around in hoodies and flip flops. We've got senators who walk around in hoodies and gym shorts. <laughs> you know, don't we've, talk about Fetterman. <laughs> we've got other billionaires who wear T-shirts all the time. So, so it's the world is turned upside down. But now, what distinguishes yeah, them? Yeah, what is it? It's it's their luxury ideas. Interesting. They they have this these stupid beliefs that work for them. You know, if you're Gwyneth Paltrow. Sure, of course you can have a child out of wedlock and everything, because you just hire twenty nannies, you know, and you've got you've got all the money to make that work for and you. And you can you can make uh, it. This this goes back a while. The the parlor room socialist, right? So you're a wealthy capitalist mm-hmm. who is 
far away from the smelly masses. Mm-hmm. But you can talk about all of the great ideas that are supposed to help the wealthy masses, but you're not going to rub shoulders with no with these smelly Walmart people. Right. And you can call for things like defunding the police yes. because in your neighbor because in your gated neighborhood with private security, that's never going to touch you. You can you can call for uh, open open drug use as a good thing because that's not your neighborhood that's they're, going they're in the nev- toilet. They're never going to come on your yacht. They, they can't get into your But by your saying private, these yeah. t- stupid ideas, that shows... That's This is where, as Mr. Henderson is talking about, this is where the new elitism comes from. Yes. And I think... Embracing bad is, ideas. What? And these bad ideas start with these dimwit elite, and then they trickle down into the middle class and the lower class and destroy... The wives of men. So, like I said before, Gwyneth Paltrow having a child. I don't know if she's had a child out of marriage. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if she has a child. I'm just, I don't, you know, I'm just bringing her up as an example. So, sorry, Gwyneth, if this doesn't <laughs> apply to you. But uh, I know you listen. So, uh, <laughs> if you have these rich women who can do whatever they want, but their stupid ideas then filter down into the middle class and the poor. And then the middle class and the poor, their lives get ruined because they follow these stupid ideas. Yes. So the numbers bear out in that the wealthy, the, 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 the wealthy people that talk about, talk a good game yeah. about not needing marriage and yeah. the patriarchy are the most likely to be married. Yeah. And so, and so have, this bad idea filters down to the people who don't have the resources yeah. to, to live this out-of-wedlock, polyamorous life that yeah. you think is cool. But I don't – but, I mean – and I think it's cool. Are you going to live like that? Are you going to raise your children that way? Well, no, yeah. but I right. do have this fashionable idea. Yeah. And then we have like a, a typical fashionable idea is all families are of equal value. Well, if, if you mean by that, that like the fundamental, one of the fundamental principles of Western civilization is that everybody is made in the image of God and is, has equal yeah. value. Each individual in the family. Yeah, each individual has value. Yeah. Okay, if you, that's what you that. mean, fine. But here's what happens is not all families are as useful for raising a child. Children are very much better off in a stable two-parent household than they are in some other stupid relationship. Yes, and most of the and most of the people that will argue that that isn't true are in a stable, were raised in a stable uh, uh, environment, rich. and they went to and they went to college yeah. because of that stable relationship, and are in one. But when it gets to, when it comes time for them to you know write their paper, mm-hmm. it's going to poo poo the patriarchy and right. uh, yeah. yeah. So okay, you raised patriarchy. I want to ask you this. Oh God. Is monogamy patriarchal? Of course it is. The woman is... What? How is that even... A... <laughs> I'm sure that's how the... Somehow the argument is made that you're... Yes, monogamy makes a woman the property of the man. Something like that. Is yeah. that how the patriarchy works? So the, the silly thing about this <laughs> yeah. is... Which is fine for the elites to argue, but who does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts women. It, it hurts men. It hurts children. It hurts everybody. It, it hurt, because, but, it, but it hurts people of, li, of of little means. Yeah. So basically, if if you don't have monogamy, if you have polygamy or, or some other situation, what happens is a relatively few number of high status men get all the women. Yes. And then the rest of the men 
don't get any women. Yes, the guys who are there are guys, some guys who are just killing it on Tinder. Yes, and the rest of the guys are just getting swiped. Yes. So apparently, when when men are on Tinder, they find some. I, I'm not sure I have the numbers exactly right, but it's something like this: men find about half of the women interesting. Yeah. So they swipe them whichever way. Is I don't know. The I don't, swiping even, I don't goes, know which okay. way. So so they they swipe interesting, and women swipe only 4% of men as interesting, okay? So what you have is this situation where a relatively small number of men... Are they just looking at the pictures of there? Or do you think they're going through the entire profile before they're doing their swiping? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm never, not sure. I've never been a swiper. I've, I have never... I don't know. I've never... You don't even know Tinder. which way to swipe. I, I, I don't even, <laughs> Yeah, I've never looked at Tinder. I don't know anything about it, but... How about Grinder? Grinder, no. Right. No, I haven't done Grinder. So... What happens is a small number of men are getting all the women. That's what happens in a polygamous environment. And what that re results in is a whole lot of men who are disenfranchised. And apparently, this is becoming more and more common, that you have a lot of men who don't have a girlfriend, don't have any prospects of getting a girlfriend, haven't had a girlfriend for years. And then you have some small number. And then, and then, people, and then people invent uh, something called incels. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, or they invent technology to deal with that problem. But so, and that, but then you have some small number of high status men, sports stars, and that sort of thing, who are getting all, all kinds of all women. The now, is that is that really what we want in society? Yeah. Do we do we want that sort of? Generally speaking, we don't like situations where there's a huge dichotomy between the rich and the poor. But in this situation, this this is precisely that same sort of dichotomy. You have. A small number of high-status men getting all the women, and the rest of the men getting nothing. And then I, I, the other people who get left behind are the women who aren't attractive enough for the high-status men. So it's a it's a complete disaster. Where yes, but, enforce... but, but the thing is, but and those women have are are, are suffering the consequences. Of the bad ideas mm -hmm. of the high mm -hmm. status, of the luxury idea people who trickle these ideas down. Yes, exactly. And the con and but but they're not feeling those consequences. I remember hearing somebody making the argument of, of talking about welfare and not asking people to do anything mm -hmm. to receive the welfare. They're going, you are you are granting to people what you would not do for your own children. You yeah, would not tell your children you don't have to do anything. And I'll just give you the money. If you wreck a car, I'll just buy you a new car. No, you're going to hold them to a standard. But when it comes to uh, welfare or you know, or, or social policy, you 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 treat the average American in a in a way that's very different than you would treat your own family. Yes. And so uh, you, I'm I'm seeing that in this luxury ideas yes. thing that you're going. Uh, well, yes. I mean, I th of course. Th Marriage is outdated and polyamory is the way to way for the future, but that's not what I want for my daughter. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So there, there's, there are so many components to this problem. Like, for example, we mentioned the, the, the men aren't either they're too afraid to or some, something is preventing them from actually going out and meeting women and <laughs> talking to them in real yeah. life. I remember one time, I'm going to have to shame my boys here for a minute. We were at a, at a wedding and... My, my boys were sitting around at the table, and I, I said, I said, you know, come on, go ask somebody to dance. Right, there's a bunch of cute girls dancing with each other. Yeah, exactly. Go go ask somebody to dance. And they were on. So 
I said, okay, $20 for the first one of you who goes and asks somebody to do this. Well, yes, but I didn't, I, I made the mistake of, of saying, and it can't be a cousin. <laughs> did, they, did you pay up? I did. But still, I, I, sh I should have said, and it can't be a cousin. Loophole. It's got to be somebody you don't didn't know before you came here tonight. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that we're losing is... Um, is people having a real connection in real life, going out and talking to one another. It's, it's and there's a, there, and I think we've pointed to a variety of of, of 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 social and economic factors, technological factors with yeah. with the pill, the the social dating sites, uh, the this this uh, war on men, men, yeah. men feeling that making men feel like. Asking a girl out is a, a being aggressive, yeah. toxic masculinity. All of that creates creates what creates nothing. Creates this bad this this inverted dating cycle where marriage is the last thing on anybody's mind. And the people who suffer the most out of all of this right. are the children. Thank you. Good job. Yeah, what a lovely world we live in. Okay. You got anything nice for me here? Well, 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 yes and no. It's, okay. It's Mr. Tim Scott. Yeah. Uh, he is from South Carolina running for president. Yep. And he, uh, if uh, children out there, earmuffs, earmuffs. Okay. Because, e, e on this episode. E, because Tim Scott, and, e, and he even says in the beginning, he says, I'm going about to say something really controversial. So earmuffs, children. Okay. In Joe Biden's America. <clears throat> Hang on. If you're able-bodied, you work. If you take out a loan, you pay it back. Yeah. If you commit a violent crime, you go to jail. If you're a man, you should play sports against men. America needs more victors and less victims. I'm Tim Scott, and I approve this message. These aren't conservative values. They're American values. Now, So the sad part is we have spent too many time. The coveted PNC Man of the Week, Yeah. you know, People are really, it's an honor. Let's face it. Yeah, I know. Too many times we have given it out to people who are saying, Water is wet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> five years ago, this, you would not have earned the PNC, and no. now you're a man of courage. Now you're a man of courage for saying something <laughs> that's so absurdly obvious. If you if you borrow money, you have to pay it back. Well, yeah, of course. That's what borrowing money yeah, means. That, no, not in, that, three years ago, I mean, five might be too much. Three years ago, the, all of this was normal stuff. Now it takes a man of courage who's really willing to take his how, how did we get to this place? So fast. How did we get to this place? So there was some interesting conversation in that in that podcast we both, list, both listened to about why this kind of nonsense has taken root in the university. And the answer, which I thought was fascinating, mm. was that the professors, if you are a professor of linguistics or something then you're like this focused geek you've got your attention on this narrow aspect of linguistics sure. that's what you want that's to pay attention to yeah that's that's what i do and then you're coming and you're asking me like all this other kind of i don't want to deal with any of that kind of stuff i don't want to be distracted by okay, okay, okay 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 yeah exactly leave me alone i want to focus on this thing so that's why this craziness 
has taken over in the campuses because if you get a hundred people yelling and screaming, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be bothered. Whatever okay, you right, say, right, leave right, me alone. Right. So what? Sign what? All right. Okay, fine. Yeah. I want to get Out back my to office. my linguistics thing, right? So that was a very interesting insight to me that part of the reason that things that five years ago were obviously true are not obviously true anymore is because the universities taking the taking the lead have been bullied into accepting yes absolute Poisoned, nonsense. corrupted yeah. whatever uh, but i'm i'm of course i always say i don't want to well I'm, I'm gonna say it even though it's probably not true we're reaching peak woke and <laughs> things are about to turn and yeah. it's gonna get and yeah. then I, I i get i get a few glimpses like this and i go you see bud light you know boycotts i'm going all right look People have had enough. We're turning around. We're finally turning. And then you realize, no, that was just that was just a little that was a flicker. Yeah, that yeah. was a flicker, and it's still it's marching on, like you know, like the the blitzkrieg. Yes. And you get the occasional win here, skirmish here and there where you win. Look at that. Look at that. We shot one German. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the Panzers are come crashing through. Yeah. All right. Den. All right. Anyway, that was, so, that was supposed to be uplifting. But yeah, I, yeah anyway. society is doomed. Sorry, folks. And, uh, <laughs> but Tim Scott, at least you have you give us hope in the face of our own execution. Yes, and and boys, go out and ask the girl to dance. Ask a God's girl to dance. Sake. <laughs> Cheers. Crowhill here. Thanks so much for listening to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. If you like the show, please tell a friend or share it in whatever way seems appropriate to you. We also have a website, beerandconversation.com. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you next time.